0: Welcome to the Teacher Transition Podcast, where we celebrate the amazing things former teachers are now doing outside of the classroom, and where teachers who are considering making a move of their own can find the resources, guidance, and support that they need to take their next steps. I'm your host, Allie Parrish, and I'm so glad that you're here. If you've listened to very many episodes of the podcast so far, you know really clearly that I like actionable and helpful resources so that teachers can find and land the opportunities that they want for their future. Well, while recording the last few episodes, I've had a few thoughts that have kept coming back to me on how we need to talk not only about solutions for teachers to get to where they want to be next, but we also need to pause for a bit and talk about just how hard it can be to need a change from teaching, but to feel stuck in it. It can feel so hard. So let me preface this episode with two things. First off, have you ever seen that really funny YouTube video called It's Not About the Nail? If not, let me describe it for you. So there's a husband and a wife and they're sitting on a couch having a really important discussion. The video camera zooms in on their faces As the wife begins to explain all the pressure and the literal pain that she's been feeling in her head lately, the husband is trying really hard to listen patiently. And then she says, I don't know that it's ever gonna stop. I mean, that's the thing that scares me most. I don't know that it's ever going to stop. While still trying to be patient, the husband says, yeah. Then he pauses and he subtly points out I mean, yeah, you do have a nail in your head. And right then, the camera zooms out to show that she has a nail coming straight out of her forehead. And she says, it's not about the nail. To which the husband responds, are you sure? Because I'll bet if we got that out of there and the wife jumps in saying, stop trying to fix it, you are always try to fix things when all I really need you to do is to listen. And she goes on to explain how she's been feeling achy, she doesn't sleep well at all, and how all of her sweaters are snagged. Then the husband patiently says, that sounds really hard. She shows a sense of relief and understanding on her face, puts her hand on his and says, it is. Thank you as if simply listening and understanding provided some of the relief that she needed all along. And they go in for a kiss, which ends up hurting both of them as the nail in her forehead then hits him as well. The video is hilarious and I'll link to it below in the show notes, but the principle is twofold. One, sometimes we just need to know that someone understands what we're experiencing and how hard it is. And two, Maybe that kind of listening and understanding is what really leads to the solution. So I love both understanding and solutions. But if we've been talking about something time and time again, I'd really love to help by not just listening by helping solve it. So that leads to the second thing that I wanna preface this episode with. And that is an experience with one of my best friends, one of my closest roommates ever, because I was single and living with fantastic roommates while I was transitioning out of the classroom. Her name's Ashley. And every now and then we would have kind of the same conversation about something that was going on in her life and it just wasn't how she wanted it to be. And so after having this conversation a handful of times, when it occurred again, I started going to solutions. And she put it so well with this tendency of mine to jump to solutions and to try and fix things. She just said, Allie, put the tool belt away. Stop trying to fix it. Just listen. So friends, here I am in this episode, putting the tool belt away and just sitting on the couch so that we can simply speak and simply share how hard it can be. The heart of teacher transition isn't having teachers do something different. It's not that at all. It's simply helping teachers, helping people be at their best, be happy, and pursue whatever they're called to do next a handful of years into teaching. Or maybe it's toward the end of teaching and you're about to retire. It's really about helping you pursue your purpose and be happy in whatever your personal path is. There are endless resources out there to support teachers, but why is it that there are so few to support teachers specifically when they're looking to do something else? That can make the experience feel so lonely and so unsupported, and I just don't want other teachers to feel that or to experience that. So to share about my experience with this and how hard this can be in preparation for this episode, I turned to a few things. One was my journal so I could remember what I was really experiencing and how I really felt about it. Two, I looked at the research and three, I looked at a lot of comments from other teachers. Now everyone's path and experience is personal and unique. For some, Some teachers transition from teaching because of burnout. For others, it's needing a different work scenario, or a family need, or a health need. And for others, like me, it's needing to grow and contribute in new ways. Now there's a spectrum of where people are at when they decide to change things up with work and transition from the classroom. Some teachers transition as soon as they start to feel like they need a change. They don't let stress and feeling called to do something more build up for a long time before they pave a path for their personal transition. Now that's a great way to be. I cheered on all the way and I highly encourage people to take that route. It takes a lot of personal initiative, courage, and foresight of looking ahead to one's future and looking after their personal well-being. Now for many others, they don't even look into options until they wished they'd already found some. And for many others, they don't know where to even start. So They simply stay in the classroom, regardless of how much they might be struggling, because they don't know that there are even alternative options available for them, things that are really good fits for teachers to take as next steps. Or they don't know how to find them, and I can definitely relate with that. So regardless of whether a person works in a classroom or a corporate office, regardless of what job a person has, struggling in the workplace... Is associated with extremely hard things and suffering in the classroom specifically can be a very hard and a very lonely place to be. Many teachers feel like they can't talk about it with anyone, like with coworkers, can't talk about it with them or at least it oftentimes feels that way and of course not with their students. It can feel like family and friends don't relate and there are so few people that serve teachers in this kind of a way that getting support from transitioning from teaching to whatever you do next it can really feel like such a lonely and unsupported struggle. So this is my personal experience and while it might sound exaggerated to some people in how hard it was for me, other teachers might say that my experience is a total cakewalk compared to what they have experienced related to their physical or psychological distress when they were ready for new work circumstances. I would love to hear your story. So at the end of the episode, I'm going to share how you can share your story too. Now, admittedly, I'm not great at all at sharing my personal experience about how hard that time of my life was. Maybe that's because it was just really hard or because I felt really confused with everything that was going on. Or maybe it's because I felt so lost and lonely and like, it was such a messy process because it was. I don't like that. Maybe it's because I usually see myself as somewhat of a put together person, so to speak. And I like to have my life planned out. And maybe it's because That isn't at all what my life felt like at that time. I didn't feel like I had a clear path. Or maybe it's because this topic requires some opening up, a lot of vulnerability. And quite honestly, talking about some of the hardest things that I've experienced in this podcasting space, being open like that, it's still quite new to me. I'm an optimist. I'd rather focus on positive things. But for this episode, let's just talk about how hard it can be. So during that time, I felt really, really confused. I was used to feeling like I was rather successful at what I was doing. A lot of teachers are put together, they're on top of their game, they're successful. And when you start to feel lost or unsure about your life path, that's not an easy place to be. And if you've advanced in your career, but then you feel stuck and stagnant in it, if you're trying to find other job opportunities and none are opening up for you, you can start to feel like you're unsuccessful or you're not wanted. For years, I've heard about how many women struggle with this in particular, but I didn't. Well, at least not until I needed a change with work. At that point, I didn't feel like I was contributing as meaningfully or as positively in my classroom or in the world as I wanted to be. I wasn't doing less necessarily than I'd done in previous years of teaching, I just had more of a capacity to contribute, and I wasn't in a setting or a role that allowed for me to do that in new ways. In short, my role and opportunities as a teacher weren't growing with me at the rate or in the trajectory or in the ways that I personally wanted to grow, and over time, I saw that it wasn't just a want. I wasn't just wanting a change. It actually was a very important need. Researchers have stated that there are five essential elements for a person's well-being, and they are, one, career well-being, or what you do with the majority of your day and how you feel like you're contributing in the world, two, social life or social well-being, three, your financial well-being, four, your community well-being, and five, your physical well-being. For each of these areas, there were three levels where they rate how a person is. They're like three zones. You're either at the highest level, you're thriving, or the lower level, struggling, or the lowest level, you're suffering. And you can see very clearly how you're doing in each of these specific areas through an online tool that is fantastic, and I'll link to it in the show notes below. Now, for me personally, I was in the thriving zone in all five categories before I started to feel like I needed a change with work, like I needed new work opportunities. Community-wise, I was living in a great area. Socially, I was surrounded by really great friends. Financially, I'd been saving for years to buy my own place and I was so excited about that. Physically, I was doing great. And career-wise, I was also doing really great until a while after I'd finished my master's degree. It was a handful of years into teaching. Now, getting my master's felt like I was working towards something really important, and I was, but I discovered that a degree by itself doesn't open doors. Personal initiative does. So partway through that school year, I started to feel an itch to keep growing and experiencing new things. I took a couple of half-day subs so that I could go and observe at different schools where they were doing really innovative things. Obviously, my coworkers didn't know why, that was why I was taking a half-day sub, but I was really trying to keep myself looking into new opportunities and growing. I reached out to my school district, offering some workshops and offering help, teaching and training in a variety of ways. And I looked into teaching positions in some different areas. And then I realized, you know, I don't want just to a change of location. I want vertical change, not just lateral. I wanted to be growing and doing something different, something more, helping in a different way. So toward the end of the school year, I realized this really isn't just an itch. It's It's more than that. It's really a need. And it was that school year when on the last day of school... During an end of the year assembly, I had this really strong, distinct impression. It was either like I was feeling this or I was hearing a voice, kind of a mix of the two, if you've just ever really felt like a really strong personal prompting. And personally speaking, I am a huge fan and advocate of people being prompt with promptings, as I like to say it. So when I feel a strong impression like that, I try to act on it quickly. I trust it as an important guide. You know, that it's something important for me to follow or to act on. But with this, I felt almost a little hypocritical because I didn't know how to act on it or what to do next work-wise. This was as far as I'd planned my career path. There isn't much talk about what you do to keep progressing after you've graduated. And then after you've graduated again with a master's degree, how, how do you keep growing? Sure, there's professional development meetings and conferences, and I'd been a part of those and I'd presented at those already. Presenting at conferences was actually one of the things that helped me realize I needed to be doing something more. It felt like a right step. It felt like fresh air, but I didn't know of any job opportunities that made sense as a next step, let alone have an offer for one of those job opportunities. So it was the last day of school. I didn't know what to do i looked for other things so i enjoyed my summer break and i came back to teach in the next year and that's when i went from that thriving level down to the struggling level in my personal well-being now i didn't go to the struggling level in all areas the community area and the finance category those i stayed in the thriving zone but that next year as it became clear that i needed a change Other areas of my life started to struggle in consequence of the low job satisfaction. I hear from a lot of teachers where they say, you know, my family gets the little bit that's left over of me after I'm done with work and done looking for other job opportunities. I relate with that. My social life started to struggle. I was less interested in things like working out. So my physical life started to struggle. And on a much more personal note... I also felt like I became spiritually stagnant. Before that, I was used to being able to sit down with my scriptures and have some personal time and and feel guidance in my life. But at that time, it was more like I was sitting down with scriptures and God was telling me, look, you can sit down and read this book all you want, but eventually you're going to have to close this book, stand back up, and go and solve this. So, in trying to solve it and to get to a better place, other areas of my life got less attention, while working to solve this got more attention. I wasn't as interested in working out or doing certain social things because I wanted so badly to just fix this and feel like my life was on the right tracks again. My family and my closest friends especially could see more clearly than anyone else That I wasn't my usual happy self, and they really started to worry about me. As I've mentioned in a previous episode, researchers indicate that of all the five categories of well-being, they see career well-being as the one that is least considered. It's given the least consideration, but it has potentially the most influences on all the other areas of how well a person is. It influences our relationships, our mental well-being, our level of productivity, our level of cortisol, a stress-related hormone that's in our bloodstream. And that influences our heart, our blood pressure, and so much more. It really isn't just about work. But I wasn't at that low of a level in my social, physical, and career wellness that next year. And it's not like I wasn't doing anything about it, like to improve the circumstance, right? I was, but it feels odd to be a teacher and to be looking for another job at the same time. It can feel a bit like you're in a relationship while looking around for someone else to be dating or to be in a relationship with. Now, to some people hearing this, that might sound really immature, like an immature perspective on all of it because teaching is just a job. Right? Well, to a lot of teachers, teaching is so much more than a job. To many of us, it felt like a personal calling, at least at some point in our life. It felt like it was really closely associated with our purpose. And as far as relationships go, it is so many relationships in our life. It's relationships with students and with their parents, it's relationships with our coworkers and our teacher friends and with our community. So for many of us, there can be a sense of betrayal or disloyalty or going back on what one thought was their purpose, their mission, or what they were supposed to be doing. Now, thoughts and feelings like this that add up stress level, that add up feelings of disloyalty. If you feel like you can't talk about it with someone or any of these people, it really doesn't help with that either. A teacher recently pulled other teachers who are ready for changes and asked them how they felt and what thoughts go through their head frequently. Here are some of the things that those teachers pointed out they felt most frequently. Here are some of the things that they expressed. The statements that they said the most frequently were, who am I anymore? Or this feels like a bad breakup. And the emotions, that they said occurred most frequently included things like guilt frustrated shame failure rage hopeless helpless tired apathy fatigue horrified disappointment trapped deep sadness anger overwhelmed desperate Do you relate with any of these? I know that for me, a lot of those are things that I experienced. And until I reframed my choice and my path as something that was responsible and good, those were emotions that I experienced more frequently until that time. So what was I doing about how I was feeling? Well, that year is when I started to become more intentional in identifying what I really loved and what I wanted to do next, but still, I didn't know how to turn those ideas and interests into work opportunities, and I wasn't all that low on the happiness skills. Well, at least not yet. That next year, while still looking for ways to improve my circumstances as a teacher, I changed things up. And the way that I chose to change things up, on paper, it would look like this is going to be the perfect scenario. Everything should be just fine. I should be very happy in this ideal circumstance. I was going to be at a school where I would be teaching with a lot of my friends. So I was changing the school and I was going to change and be teaching a different grade level. It was going to be the great grade level that would be my sweet spot. The school was a new building. We had so much support and funding. Everything really on paper should have been perfect, right? I should have been happy on paper. (laughs) And for a few months, the change of scenery and the newness of all of it distracted me from the repetition and the routineness I'd felt for the past couple of years. But by the time fall break rolled around, The newness had worn off and I was back to realizing the facts all over again that I didn't just want something new. I needed to be doing something else. Now research shows that when people are not satisfied at work, they get sick more frequently. There are a lot more days, sick days that they take off of work. And during a doctor visit for a cold that I had that winter. I mentioned that I thought I was starting to experience some depression and the doctor was very kind and listened and she gave some advice. She recommended things like going on walks, being outdoors and eating hot meals. I appreciated the advice. She also offered to prescribe something for an antidepressant. And while I'm an advocate of people taking what they need, I knew that what I really needed was something else with work, not necessarily meds. So what were some of the things I was experiencing? Well, many mornings I didn't want to get out of bed and that wasn't like me. And my team teacher was experiencing the same thing as well. And so were other teacher friends. I really didn't feel like myself anymore. Now it's one thing to not be happy for a while. Or to be stressed for a while. Or to have something on your mind and your heart for a while. But when it stays there for a prolonged amount of time, when weeks turn into months, and months turn into years, unmet needs become something more challenging, and personal wellness can plummet. And that's what mine did. The worst of it happened over Christmas break. Now, there's something about having time on your hands, and while it can sound like a good thing, when you're not content in your current circumstances in life, when you're unable to simply sit still in the present because you're longing so much to be in your future and to have something different, something better in your future, that is a hard place to hold still. And that December, I felt it stronger than ever before. My career well-being dove from the struggling zone to the suffering zone, and whoa, how I felt it. Then in my journal, I recorded how I started feeling symptoms related to this, especially in my heart. Now, I'm not talking figuratively about my heart. I'm talking literally about my heart. In the evenings, my heart would start hurting, and while going to bed, I would start getting worried about what was going on, I started to become concerned that I was going to have a heart attack. I'd leave my bedroom door open and I'd ask my roommates if they wouldn't mind, if they heard something weird or like something was going on, if they wouldn't mind to come and just check on me. I was unfamiliar at the time with the consequences of stress and things related with heart palpitations, but later I became more familiar with that and understood what was really taking place. Stress brings on so many challenging things, physically, emotionally, and relationally. But why was I experiencing all of this, right? What could I do about it? I eventually spoke with a counselor, and I spoke with her somewhat about how I was feeling, but also about my plan for going forward with other work. Toward the end of our appointments, she said that, Overall, I had much more self-awareness than most of the people that she meets with, and she met with a lot of teachers. I don't know about you, but in our faculty room, we had posters about mental health counselors that we could meet with if we ever needed to. When that's in your break room, it's a sign that a lot of people struggle with things like this. So she met with a lot of teachers, and most of them, she said, weren't willing to consider other options. And some of them didn't know that they could do something else. I didn't want just a different job, right? That's not what this is all about. I wanted to be my happy self again. I wanted myself back. And the route to that, for me personally, was a different job. And not just a different job, but a job that I loved again, and that I could grow through again, and that fit my personal circumstances and needs. So I knew that for me, this was the right route. So I kept on the course of identifying my top interests, strengths, and wants. I sought out opportunities with my district, presented in conferences, looked into another master's degree, even though I already had one, and I looked into a PhD. I networked with specific companies, and still... Even with all of this, no work opportunities were working out yet. As spring rolled around, and it was the time that we submit annually our letter of intent to our district to let them know if we'll be back the, again the next year or if they needed to hire a new teacher in our place, that's when I communicated in my letter of intent the appreciation that I had for everything that the school district had done for me. And I communicated my need to continue to grow and to have some new opportunities. And I went forward into my future. Now, after that letter of resignation had been submitted and before the school year had ended, that's when the first opportunities for me to move forward started coming about. I didn't know exactly what I was going to be doing at the time that I submitted my letter of resignation, but I knew that I was going to be doing something different. And that was my choice. How did going forward like this influence my well-being? The biggest thing for me personally was peace. I had peace of conscience. I'd improved in my physical well-being and my sleep charts showed that immediately. For a couple of years, I'd been using an app, like a sleep app, that helps monitor your sleep quality and whatnot. I could see immediate improvement with that. I no longer felt guilty or self-conscious like I was Quitting teaching. I could see clearly, and I reframed that perception so that I felt proud of myself for owning my own future and stepping into it. It really was one of the most responsible decisions that I've ever made, and honestly, I've never regretted it, even in the least. If anything, I would encourage teachers to do it sooner. Right? You don't have to get to the bottom of the barrel. You don't have to be in such a hard place to choose what to do with your future. I would encourage to be prompt with promptings and of equal importance to prepare in advance. But before I go off again on how to prepare and how to ensure that you have those future opportunities to step into, I want to hear from you. What is your experience like? You know, like I do, and like I said earlier, that there are endless resources out there to support teachers in everything, but why not in this? Why is it that teachers are so applauded for all that they do, but not if what they're doing is choosing to pursue something that they need, if that's something else? I'd love to change the whole conversation and to cheer for teachers as they pursue what is also best for them rather than solely what is best for students. When in reality, doing what is best for the teacher in the end is also doing what is best for students. So I want to hear from you. I want to hear your experience. What has your experience been, and how have you felt? in your transition from the classroom or if you have already found other opportunities what was it like for you i want you to feel like you have a safe place to share this and i'd love to share your experience and your thoughts and your feelings in a future episode on the podcast let's be honest this is a topic that is not brought into the light enough and it needs to be discussed more openly now my path related with needing something more, more opportunity to grow and to contribute. But maybe yours relates with wanting to be home with your kids and not feeling any mom guilt for not being home with them. Or maybe your experience relates with health needs, needing a different work setting, needing a different environment. Or maybe your experience relates with burnout, which is such a real thing and a real need and not something to feel guilty about. We need to be having these conversations and you don't need to be experiencing this alone. Or maybe you just need something different for personal balance in a different way. I wanna hear all about it. You can share this with me in multiple ways. One, you can record a voice memo and email it to me at hello at teachertransition.com with the subject heading episode 11. Or you can go to our Teacher Transition Facebook group And find the post that starts with episode 11 and share your thoughts in the comments under that episode. And you're always welcome to share in that group anytime. You can even go to the show notes and I'll link you directly to that Facebook post as well where you can read what other teachers' experiences are like in their transition also. Also, as a last note, if you have been experiencing stress, burnout, Fatigue, any of these negative emotions I've mentioned, if you've been experiencing them for an extended amount of time, I would encourage you to speak with a counselor if that is something that would help. Or if you need help in just finding what is right for you next, you can go to teachertransition.com, click on courses, and then click on the option of help from Allie to see what my current offerings are of supporting people individually. So, if you need help, let's get it for you. You don't have to do this alone. You aren't the only one feeling this way and you can have a healthier and happier process in transitioning by not experiencing it alone. Okay. I hope you know I'm here for you. Our community is here for you and we are supporting and cheering you on all the way. If you're a teacher in the classroom and you know you need to be doing something different, but you don't know what you're qualified to do, what you can do, how to take those steps, the online course is just for you it's called find your next dream job for teachers and it will walk you through a process of identifying what you are a rock star at what you love and enjoy and are skilled at and then it will help you see how to connect with real companies and real opportunities aligned with that we have lists for you of hundreds of companies who love hiring teachers how to get in contact with them who you can network through personally to get in contact with them. And not just that, we have resume templates and cover letter templates already prepared for you, showcasing your educator skills and gearing it towards specific roles and jobs that teachers land effectively. These have all been reviewed by interviewers who interview teachers frequently they've seen the good the bad and the ugly they are going to also coach you on how to interview effectively so if you're not sure what to do next go ahead and go to teachertransition.com forward slash find your job and sign up for our course there we'll also have a link to it in the show notes this episode may have ended but connecting doesn't have to Join us on Facebook or Instagram and get the support and inspiration you need in your personal educator path. If you're loving the podcast, help us spread the word. Leave a review or screenshot the episode, share it on social media, and be sure to tag us at Teacher Transition. Who knows, we may even feature what you share on our social media feed too. Until next time, teacher friends, be sure to click subscribe so you don't miss out on any of the upcoming episodes. Good luck with the great things you're up to right now and keep looking forward to the amazing things to come.